This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. It's time now for Green Thumbs in Canterbury, out and about with the Canterbury Horticultural Society. The Canterbury Horticultural Society out and about. And aren't we having this funny spring-like weather? One day sun, one yes. day rain, yeah. bit of frost. Yeah, a bit of everything really, aren't we? It is, yeah. but yes. I'm sick of the mud under feet. You know, oh. I think that's the only thing that's really worrying me is that wherever you go, you're walking mm. through mud, mm. aren't you? Mm. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Yeah. So what's yeah. your garden looking like at the moment? Oh, a wee bit sad. Yeah, a wee bit sad. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's very, very sad. And, and actually last week I was... I was even watering my pot plants because they were looking very dry but then we got the rain and so it's it's well, hard to know what to do really. Well here we were on Monday, mm. last Monday I'll say um, we're one inch down in rainfall. Yeah. By Tuesday morning we were one inch up in rainfall. <laughs> <laughs> Wish it would make up its mind eh? Yeah but exactly <laughs> anyway. right but how are the plants to be happier? Well my garden, I was thinking how sad it was looking so I thought I'd go around and see what's in flowers, it's brightening things up mm. and I've got Camellias. I've still got a Sagitskika flowering when that's normally finished long ago. Sorry. Um, Sasanqua. Oh, I don't know what the, that the one is. The white butterfly-like Sasanqua. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right, and it's, um, very, it's normally flowers in May and June, and here right. we are in August, mm. and it's in full flower. Okay. And I've got a nice red one as well. Mm. I've got hellebores out. Okay. You know, um, yeah, Christmas yeah. roses. Yeah. And I've even, would you believe, some irises in full bloom. What? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, crazy. But so, oh. so I, even though it looks horrible, yeah. there are a few bright spots. Yes, yeah. yes. I've got my white Daphne out that's smelling oh, divine. Know. I know. I had yeah. a smell of it the other day. It's yes. beautiful, isn't it? It is. And a few camellias, but that's about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I've got a few roses still. What, in flower? Yep. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. The, the weather, I yeah. mean, it's the seasons are just, well, Mad. we all know why. Well, we know why. Me. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, my parsley doesn't seem to be flourishing in this weather. Oh, okay. Well, I put quite a lot in, so mm, I've got I a lot. I did too, and I've oh. got quite a lot not flourishing. <laughs> oh, okay. I did just give it a good trim back. Well, 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 well that's what I do. Yeah, it's going and to it have to And it comes away again. Yeah, it's yeah. going to have to. Yeah. Um, I guess we'd have to get going and prune our roses soon. Mm. Um, but really, you can't. You've got to have a beautiful, warm, sunny, sunny day because you just cannot afford to get a mildew or anything going in no. um, on that cut. So yeah. we just have to wait till and look ahead and say, right, that's the day that the roses are getting pruned. Well, sometimes it's good to decide on the day, isn't it? Well, well that's right. Because <laughs> you might plan for tomorrow and it's going to team down with that's rain. That's right. I think anyway. you to keep looking at the weather forecast, don't you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how are your bulbs, other bulbs looking? You mean, mean irises are in full flower. Right, well, mine aren't. Mine are only about a foot high, so. And what about your daffodils and. No, no, I haven't got no. any, any of them. Everybody's right. boasting about how their daffodils are looking wonderful. Yes. Mine haven't done much yet. Right, no, I have, I've seen a few round in people's gardens, but mine haven't. No, so. no, and yeah. I, I think that's pretty general, actually. That oh, okay. 
Mm. In, well, we're still reasonably well, we early, are. aren't yes, we? Yes, we are. Yeah. Just, yeah, beginning of August. Yeah. yeah. And you've been skating at your fact you planted your garlic at last. Well, <laughs> on the last weekend I did, yeah. <laughs> Got about 30 bulbs in, so oh, now I'm, oh, and I've been doing a bit of reading about I need to put, cover it with some some mulch and that yeah. just, I've never really looked after them, so I'm going to be doing a bit of that this year to get a good crop. Hopefully. Yeah, because they don't like competition, so they don't like weeds. Right. Yeah. And also to keep them um, uh, water, I mean, watered yeah, moisture and, and not them. dry. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think we'd better get going and get them planted. <laughs> <laughs> they sort of, the ground's there and it's been waiting for them, so I think yeah. it's probably time we got ours in too. Yeah, because yeah. it start. well, I mean, the ground is starting to warm a wee bit, do you think, is it? Or? I don't know. I didn't look in the paper. It normally gives you the this, um, moisture te- you know, moisture levels and the temperature. Right. So, um, you oh. know, I haven't looked in the paper recently. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right, okay. But, um, mm. well... You know, I had a really good chat, or we had a really good chat with Alan Jolliffe um, recently about, well, we started off about his experiences <laughs> as a horticulturist in, in Canterbury, but we got a bit sidetracked into um, gardening. So he's going to be our speaker today, and I think he's a very interesting person. Yes, so, um, yes. It'll be, got, it'll be good to hear him. Yes, he's got a lot of knowledge, hasn't he? And he's he done sure lots has. of different things. This morning I'm having a chat with Alan Jolliffe, who's had a long, long career in many aspects of horticulture in New Zealand. Now, Alan, what about, about a little background about you? Yeah, thanks, Ray. Hey, a little bit of background. Yeah, well, I started in horticulture. Well, me a little bit too. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. started in horticulture with growing um, flowers and um, veggies with my father. as He was a commercial grower. I then went to Omaru as an apprentice gardener, transferred to Christchurch here to the Botanic Gardens and um, eventually became in 1976 the curator of the Botanic Gardens here in Christchurch. 76? 1976. That's telling your story, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it tells you how old I am, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and as part of that, I qualified with my National Diploma in Horticulture and then in 79 went to the United States for a year, did my Masters in Parks and Recreation Management at Indiana and came back to New Zealand, carried on working here in the gardens, then went to Nelson as Director of Parks and Recreation and then to Lower Hutt City as Director of Parks and Recreation just at the time of local government amalgamation and um, that was a really interesting time in putting four different cities together into into one new city. And uh, a few years after that, I left that and went into education, into the polytechnic system, and ended up coming back to Christchurch here, and then left there and went out to Waimakariri, where I was the general manager for community and recreation at Waimakariri, followed that up by working for the New Zealand Historic Places Trust. And then finally at the University of Canterbury. So it's a, and then I retired from there. I wasn't originally going to, but I did. I was going to not stay there that long, but the earthquakes intervened, and that was another chapter in, in Christchurch. Absolutely. I mean, that was a huge chapter, wasn't it, for us? We saw so many things destroyed, but so much opportunity as well. Mm-hmm. So you were actually curator of the Botanic Gardens, weren't yes. you? So what sort of things have you? Can you point out you know, some really interesting things in the gardens that former curators have done, maybe? 
Oh, well, all the curators have put their stamp on things um, right from the word go. Um, Enoch Barker, the first government gardener, planted, planted the first tree in 1863. Um, but prior to that, of course, the Canterbury Horticultural Society was um, contracted to start planting uh, some of those plants in and around to establish the botanic gardens. But Barker uh, officially planted that first, first tree. Um, then the Armstrongs came along. And they were, the Armstrong lawn, of course, isn't there? Yeah, the Armstrong, well, the Armstrong father and son both worked here in the, in the gardens. Um, they were really interested in New Zealand native plants and importing plants of economic importance, i.e. food and nuts and, and, and those sorts of trees and, and plants that would feed a nation, really, because uh, way back in those days, uh, there weren't a lot of pretty flower gardens around, there was an awful lot of front lawns covered in cabbages and cauliflowers and, and carrots and, and potatoes. Well, we're sort of seeing that coming back, aren't we? Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. You, you know, we've, you go back and have a look at those very early photographs and then you go, well, what's happening today? Food forests, um, urban agriculture, um, cultivate in the, in the city, the uh, producing uh, fresh food. And um, you're seeing some of the... Uh, older gardens that were very Victorian with their bedding plants and, and stuff now have been taken over with um, fruiting plants and we can see fruit trees in the front garden which we didn't see for many many years and uh, and then with the downsizing of gardens we now also see the rise of community gardens mm-hmm. where people get together and um, use com- um, community expertise to produce uh, a whole range of fruit and veggies for everybody involved, plus a surplus for other people. Yeah, well, of course, it's one thing we don't have in the botanic gardens, isn't it? We don't actually do vegetables or fruit trees, do we? No, and it's not... I don't... It's just really because of the history of the gardens has been one for ornamental plants. Um, but if you do go back to the Acclimatisation Society, which was based here in the gardens, they also brought into New Zealand um, fruiting plants and, distri- and also forestry trees and those sorts of things and sent them out around the province. So right around Canterbury, you'll still see big old sequoia trees that actually originated here in the Botanic Gardens in the 1800s. Yeah, yeah. And um, so... We, we did a lot of things that perhaps we don't uh, n- notice so much as what we used to, uh, as what we do now. I mean, the biggest trees you'll find in back gardens are pear trees. Aren't um, they? Yes. You know, pear trees are mm. still, they're long living, they don't take any care, really, and, um, and they're big trees in backyards. I remember climbing the pear tree in my backyard in Hawkesbury Avenue. And um, along with the quince tree next door. Mm. And uh, so those things are, some of them are still there. Less and less as we get infill and, and we need to. But people are doing the um, espaliering too, aren't they? And pear trees in particular are great to espalier. Well, espalier is, is a really, well, two things happened in, for small gardens. First one was the development of what they call dwarfing rootstock. So we grafted a normal tree onto a rootstock that grew the plants into smaller trees than previously. So we had that, so it reduced the, the volume of space we needed in, in gardens to produce a crop of fruit. And then the second thing is uh, 
the the way we prune and train trees and, and just say espalier against the wall all of those sorts of things um, to get a crop of fruit with the least amount of space and actually making uh, use of that wall space which in New Zealand was often it was wasted isn't it well it was wasted but if you went to England um, they grow all their, a lot of their fruit crops were grown on a south uh, on a south facing wall which south facing is same as our north facing wall that was to keep them warm and, and sun and ripen the fruit but also keep the trees alive in the winter time their winters are much harder than ours so there's a lot of ways in which we can actually look at different things uh, and learn from going back and saying how did they do that what's the modern way of of growing those things yeah. now and we actually need to do more of that well I, we were looking for a pear tree and um, we only wanted a, a small one for our mm. garden very hard to get one that um, is self fertile we managed to find one dwarf pear tree that was semi self fertile yeah. well I've got one at home and it's got a French name so I can't remember it all but it's actually quite a um, upright growing pear tree and quite slow growing as well so the looking for form and uh, rootstocks will allow us to grow a wide range of um, uh, fruit trees in different places. And of course then today, you know, we've got the whole anti-spray thing. Absolutely. And so yeah. we need to actually have fruit trees and other crops as well that are resistant to um bugs and, 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 and disease yeah. and that's why you'll find that uh, you know, pear trees have survived over the year because they are quite resistant except for a pear slug which doesn't actually last that long on the tree um, why you'll see the rise of uh, the red flesh peach mm. because it doesn't get leaf curl and so we'll see a lot more of that type of plant growing and lo and behold no sprays, yeah. and that's what we really need to, to do. But Some, not all sprays are bad, though, are they? Well, not all sprays are bad because no. you, you can have organic sprays Basically. as well. I mean, the, the typical one that you would use is uh, all-season spraying oil, mm. which is totally organic. You spray in the wintertime, and during the wintertime, you smother all the bugs and, and all the diseases, and so they don't grow. Mm. And if you keep doing that regularly uh, each year or a couple of times in the winter, you solve a many of your pest and disease problems yeah, in, in an organic way, in a way which you don't have to, to worry about doing things. So, yeah, lots of different ways of, of doing things. Um, I suppose the other trend, when I was growing, my father would grow you know, lots of veggies in the garden because you couldn't buy them in supermarkets no, in those no, days. No. Um, you might be able to go to a fruit and veggie shop or to the market gardener's place and buy some. But we used to have you know, very large vegetable gardens on the quarter acre. Now we've got much smaller ones and we've got this movement towards raised gardens, which, which is an interesting concept, and, um, but they can be used and utilised on much smaller sections mm. and also, um, you know, you don't have to bend down quite so much and you don't have to do quite as much digging, but you do have to put more water into it because they dry out much quicker than if you were planting in the ground. Yeah. So there's a trade-off on all of those different but things. But there's also smaller families nowadays. Oh, much smaller. You know, much smaller families. And mm. um, you, so, you know, you, you, your dad would grow 10 cabbages because, you know, there are five kids there. But yeah. nowadays, it's, 
Yeah, you know, we get the small fruit. And yeah, well, you buy the little cannonball yeah. um, ones and, and the and the broccoli. Broccoli That's, is yeah. much, you know, much more versatile than a, than a great big um, uh, cauliflower. Yes, because yeah, you know if you get a great big cauliflower for oh, two or three people, you be eating it for two weeks. <laughs> but broccoli, you can get through a lot, lot quicker. And that's, a, I mean, broccoli is a relatively new crop. Mm. It's not a, it's not an old crop at all. I oh, mean, you go back looking to some of the old traditional French recipes, you know, um, from hundred years ago. There's no mention of anything like broccoli. No, well, when I was it in came Ch- from Mexico or somewhere, did it? Not quite sure where it came from, yeah, but I was in, strange place. I was in China in 1995, and. Broccoli had only just been started to grow in in China yeah. at, that, at that stage. And yet nowadays, so, it's synonymous with Chinese food, <laughs> yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so it's so it's interesting yeah. um, how it's you know being utilised. And, and you can get heads of broccoli, or you can get spouting broccoli, and get big broccoli and little broccoli. Yeah. So um, yeah, you just got to do. Just got to look after well, yourself and look things. We've come a long way from Botanic Gardens, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, and I think <laughs> it is interesting to see the changes yeah. that have come so, from those so early days, isn't it? Yeah, that's kind of the, like the food supply, and yeah, you know, many of our market gardeners have you know developed techniques over the, over time. Um, you know, they get caught with all this no spray stuff, the same as you and I do. Mm. So, so they're having to develop many of those techniques, and a lot of that's around husbandry. You know. Uh, you know, doing the housework, keeping the hygiene right, yeah. and the, you'll actually save a lot of time and effort in terms of um, trying to kill off any bugs and stuff that are in there. Yeah, that's the thing with the, just keeping weeds under control and yeah. you know keeping your soil healthy. Are you still the no dig person? Um, yeah, for <laughs> we'd have to do a wee bit of digging because even you see the no dig people, they go down about three or four inches. But if you go down any heavier than four inches. You then change the um, nature of the bugs and the, and the good bugs in the ground, because under four inches, which is 100 mil, under that are anaerobic bacteria, bacteria that live without oxygen. The top four, 100 mil, they oh, live with oxygen. Yeah. So if you dig them over, you bring the, the and you kill you, them. You, yeah, you turn them over, you and, you, them. and you kill both lots. So that's why you have to fallow the ground for six weeks. It takes six weeks for those bugs to say, oh, I don't want to be here, I want to be down there, and I want to be up there. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so that's just one of those little things there. So we must be getting on. Time is marching on, isn't it? Time is marching on, yeah. but that's all. I just want to ask you very quickly about um, your photography. Photography? Yeah, you're pretty good with the, with the camera in the gardens, aren't you, and the beautiful flowers that you take photographs of? Well, I used to, I spent a lot of time with film and I hated it. Yeah. So um, so I really gave up taking photographs, but until digital cameras yeah. came along and I thought, well, I can make as many mistakes as I like and I can delete them all and they'll be fine. So, so yes, certainly over the last 10 years, I've gone mad with a digital cam, well, mm. Yeah, several did you? I've worn a few out. Yes. <laughs> but, the days when we couldn't. Yeah. Now you take a photo and you wouldn't know how really good it was, so you'd had the blessed thing developed. It did, and right. you got it back, and and, and, then, yeah. and then you couldn't have, remember what settings you had for that photograph anyway, because right, yeah. you forgot to write it down. So, um, so yeah, I take a lot of photographs of mainly flowers and plants, and um, yeah, and I use them to illustrate talks and. Um, doing, helping with a wee project at, at um, the School of Forestry at the moment on forest trees in New Zealand and um, there's a number of us involved because we can't take all the photographs mm, yeah. and um, 
uh, throw a few on Facebook oh, well, and a few bits and pieces. We're, we're aiming to try and get you to do some classes, <laughs> Alan, but that's another story, <laughs> another day. Yeah, well, it's interesting. Yeah. I'll tell you what had happened, though. I did get two, um, two photographs into the um, Kiwi Gardener birds final yeah Excellent. so oh. i don't think they've chosen them but, but yeah so but so my, yeah wildlife is um important at the yeah. moment but well birds are so yeah. important and to us, um so yeah, yes. again, once again we could get into all sorts of but, stories about the need for birds but. but the other thing is i don't operate with a fancy camera no you just use your phone no, oh, no, no. I use my phone for some things for iNaturalist and things like that but um i just have a very small travel camera and because I don't like those heavy things around your neck. No. And, um, you know, they are quite heavy. And uh, you see so. people in the gardens here with um, on tripads, tripods, and I think, oh, have I got the energy to drag a tripod around the place and everything well, else? Well, by the time you get a camera bag, a tripod, oh, and, and a heavy camera, um, you, you get worn out pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people are used to doing it, and probably better photographers than I am. That's fine. But um, when I travel around, I'm mean, I did add up one. T- we went to England, I think for three months. There were six thousand photographs, so <laughs> you can't, wow. don't have time to put a tripod oh, up all the no, time. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I still remember that beautiful picture you had of a puffin. Oh yeah, the puffin there. <laughs> it's a beautiful yeah, bird. Yeah, it's nice things. Yeah. Anyway, Alan, we have to call the uh, call it a day. Okay. We've had a good gossip, but um, <laughs> thank you for our trip around Christchurch and, and gardens. Oh. That's all we need to really know about yeah. gardening is. Um, Oh, yeah, then we just keep doing it, don't we? Yeah, we keep doing it. And I think the other thing people want to think, just just watch for the trends. Yeah. The, things are changing. Um, probably the, the the craziest thing that happened was um, the, the the Rose Society. We had 700 members, now got you know, less than 50. Yeah. And, and that's just about one plant going down because of the mystique around it. Plus also, it was only a rose as well. And there were plenty of colours to choose from, so yeah. so there have been some rises and falls, mm. and um, and of course at the moment the huge trend is indoor plants. Indoor plants big at the moment. The other one is um, you know conservation, plants yes. planting native plants or oh. looking after native plants out there Absolutely. in the wild. We're getting lots of young members joining us because of those opportunities yep. here. Yeah, so um, that conservation stuff is. Yeah, really, really important. Um, and worldwide, you've just got to look at that. It's all about fresh water. It's all about climate change. Mm-hmm. It's all about health and wellness. Yeah, yeah exactly. all of, they're, they're the kind of the underlying big things that we have to think about. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming today. Fruit trees are starting to, well, their buds are starting to swell. Have you noticed? Uh, I haven't got fruit trees. So, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. There's just the ones like um, the peaches and all. You can just see the buds starting to swell. Right. So it's time to get the conquer oil or some sort of good organic oil in there just so they don't get the little insects and the mold and all growing mm-hmm. in this weather. Yes. So it's something that's it's good, good garden maintenance. Yes, good yeah. to get that done so you get good crop of fruit. Absolutely. You don't yeah. get all damaged fruit. Yeah. Um, my husband went out and mowed the lawn the other day and I said, you shouldn't be mowing the lawn in this weather. You know, we should leave the lawn grow a bit longer so it protects the roots from the cold. Mm. But he just couldn't stand it looking shaggy any longer. But, you know, they do say leave leave a reasonably good covering of lawn on mm. to protect them 
the, the roots in the in the heavy frosts and things. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. and of yeah. course you never walk on a frosted lawn. No, or I'm... you'll end up with great big black footprints. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 So st- stay off it. It's yes. the best thing with frost. And yeah. I had an ex- just another thing, Lorraine. Um, really interesting. I looked after that week of heavy frost. I looked out at my lime tree, mm-hmm. and here around the base of it were lots and lots of leaves. And I looked in horror. Oh. I thought, what's happened to my lime? What had? Well, apparently, yeah. we thought that we now we sprayed with the organic spray. Yeah, and that for frost. Yes, for frost, yeah. and that. Usually it goes down to um, about minus three. Right. So that's protection. But we noticed it said that if there were a number of frosts in a row, mm. that reduced its efficacy. Oh. So we thought we'd start, we'd, we'd cover them because we did have a number of heavy frosts. Yeah. So I tore up a whole lot of old sheets and things. We put them over all the citrus. Yeah. And the only one we didn't, we put frost cross on my lime tree oh. and it only goes down to minus three oh. so the whole of my lemon lime tree got a bit frosted and it's dropped its leaves oh dear yeah and will it come away again or as long as i don't cut it off now right i wait until it comes away and then take off the dead pieces i think it'll be fine oh, okay but there's a lot of frost damage on the fruit right so are they they're very similar to to lemons as oh yes yeah, same yeah. thing it's yeah. just that the lemons and grapefruits and all got a solid covering oh, and, and the lime, like, lime didn't, didn't. Right. Yeah. right right okay yeah so um so that's that's what happens ah. and you know you mm. get fruit damage and of course the cold brings on the yellow leaves on everything so right. don't panic. I noticed a few people asking questions and what to do about the yellow leaves. Well, just wait. <laughs> wait and then sort of give it some feed later in, in spring. When it, when yeah. In spring. Yeah, 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 I think so. Yeah, It's interesting, isn't it, that um, indoor plants are so amazingly popular. Oh, they're very popular at the moment, aren't they? And there's a lot for sale in the stores. <laughs> and the price is sometimes, you know, eye-watering prices. <laughs> well, they are, yes, they are. And and then some of them aren't very big for for the price. That's right. But, but however, mm. when you count up, if you buy a couple of bunches of flowers at $15 each a week, it's $30 a week. Mm. If you buy a pot plant for $90, well, you've soon paid for it, haven't you? Well, you, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, no, and you've the, got it longer. Well, you hope you have. I hope you don't let the thing die. (laughs) No. But, you know, so so we've had a lot of courses, of course, coming up at the Horticulture Society. So anybody who wants to know how to not kill their indoor plants, um, have a look on the website. Yes. And um, if you've got any questions for us, just phone in at 365-7997 or send an email to info at plainsfm.org.nz. Happy gardening for another month. Yes, and we'll be getting to warmer weather and more things growing. Yay! (laughs) 